Hi there. As some of you may know, I've been following the Gilgo Beach serial killer case, and I've been doing some deep dives into Rex Howerman's life. Um, as much as I don't want to give him air, I do feel it's important to look at the whole context and work out what we can learn and where he fits into the pattern of serial killers. I will be using my notes, so I apologize about that, but there's loads of information. Now, Rex was born in 1964 to parents Theodore and Dolores. They were older parents for the time. These days, having a kid in your late 30s isn't a problem. But back in the 60s, it was unusual, to say the least. Theodore was 39 when they had Rex. Dolores was 34. Two years later, in 1966, Rex had a younger brother come into the world. Now, again, Theodore was 41 and Dolores was 36. So this is really unusual. Rex claims that his father was an aerospace engineer working on satellites when he was a kid. He also says that his dad was a, an accomplished cabinet maker. He says he learned the art of cabinet making from his father, as well as how to rely on a hammer to persuade something. In 1975, Theodore died. He was just 50 at the time. Rex was 11 and Craig, his younger brother, was nine. This left Dolores at 45, fending for herself, raising two young boys. And that can't have been easy on any of them. Nothing much happened. There's nothing of note that I can find between then and 13 years later in 1988. Craig was 22 at that time. He was driving his car on Southern State Parkway, which is near the Massapequa Park home. Um, it was 9.25 a.m. He lost control of the vehicle. It went through the center strip, the, the median strip, and collided head first with another car at 61 miles per hour. He collided with Housing Authority Police Captain Winian Busley. Buskey, sorry. He was 51. Captain Buskey had been on his way to meet some friends at a bowling alley. Um, unfortunately, he was pronounced dead at the scene. Craig Howerman was hospitalized for a cut to his forehead and then released into police custody. He was arrested and charged with criminally negligent homicide um, and driving while intoxicated. They found that his blood alcohol le level was twice the legal limit. He also had... Um, a blood cocaine level of 0.5 milligrams at 9.25 in the morning. 
He was later uh, sentenced to three years in prison. He was released in 1990. Now, during the time he was in prison, Max Rex met and married his first wife, Elizabeth Ryan, who was a talented tennis player. Craig moved at some point after this to South Carolina. Meanwhile, Rex had children with Elizabeth. There's no record that I can, or no public record that I can have access to, to say how many children they had, but it was a very short marriage. During that time, in 1994, at the age of 30, Rex started his architectural firm and bought his family home from his mother for just under $200,000. So at that point, doing pretty well in early 1990 to be able to do those things. But by 1996, he and Elizabeth had divorced. She had uh, won sole custody of their children and moved to the UK. Rex, by April of 1996, was married to his second wife and soon-to-be ex-wife, Asa Ellerup. Asa is Icelandic. She had been in a relationship before and brought with her to Rex Howerman's Massapequa Park house her young son, Christopher, who was six at the time. A year later, in 1997, Asa and Rex welcomed a baby of their own, Victoria. Victoria is a talented artist and ended up working with her dad at his architectural firm. Very little is known publicly about Rex's personal life from 97 until his arrest. One of his neighbours has known him since they were kids. They both moved into the area as children, grew up there and bought their house from their parents. So that doesn't seem to be out of the ordinary for the area. She says that they didn't really interact. Um, They said hello to each other, but otherwise really didn't know each other well. Um, Christopher is much better known in the area. He's known as a really friendly, really outgoing guy. Um, he has special needs, uh, but that really doesn't get in his way of walking the dog and saying hello to anyone who will talk to him. Now, there isn't a lot known about Rex's friendships in that time. He was a little bit of a grumpy person, I think is the best way to phrase it. He was a little bit distant. Um, Some of the neighbours have sent care packages to Asa and Christopher and Victoria, who all still live in the house. On returning after the search warrants were dealt with and the police handed the house back, um, they found their already cluttered home turned upside down. Nothing was in the same place. Um, 
the police have no responsibility to put things back the way they found them. They can, if, if there's any damage or anything else like that, you can apply to be reimbursed uh, for that damage, but it leaves it all on the family to have to deal with. Um, nothing was in in the place they left it. Um, so for a family who have just been told that their husband or father is suspected of being the Gilgo Beach killer, um, to then also find everything in their house upside down. Um, the bathroom floor was ripped out and uh, literally half a bath was taken. Um, it is not easy to go home to that. And you're constantly reminded of this search and what happened. According to Acer, the children cry themselves to sleep and don't feel human. They must be questioning being genetically linked to this guy and going backwards and forwards between he's my dad and he could be a serial killer. And that's devastating. Um, Rex's mum, Dolores, is still alive. She's 93. And again, if she isn't suffering with dementia or anything else like that, this must be incredibly distressing to her, knowing that, accidentally or not, both of her sons have taken lives. And I can't imagine what that feels like. Rex Howerman was arrested on the 19th of July, uh, sorry, 18th of July. He appeared in court on the 19th of July and apparently Asa was there with him. However, after that court appearance, she started divorce proceedings and was seen delivering those papers to the courthouse. She's doing that according to her attorney. She is doing that to protect herself and her children from any future lawsuits from the families of victims, but also so that she can move on and move past the, the stigmatism of murderers' families, the, the idea that they must have known or they were culpable in any way. She needs a clean break from that. She has described the sheer depression from what they've seen and all of them being overwhelmed by the public attention. And I'm sorry that I'm adding to that. I feel it's important to talk about the family and the life that led up to this moment in time. Um, you know, that. The attention that they're getting is not something that they asked for or caused. And it must be overwhelming to find out, uh, you know, have your father or husband arrested, find your house turned upside down, being told that he's likely a serial killer, being shown some of the evidence and asked what you knew about it, finding your house missing floors. And then having the press camped outside of your house and 
again, I think it is really lovely that the neighbours have come forward and said, we are here for you. We don't blame you. And they're sending care packages. That is a testament to compassion. And I think it's something that we should really applaud. There is a GoFundMe that has been set up by Melissa Moore. If you don't know, Melissa Moore is the daughter of the Happy Face Killer. She has made it her mission to be an advocate for the families who knew nothing but still get persecuted and, and painted with the same brush because they are as much a victim. They fell for it in the same way as his victims did. You know, these lies and deceptions, this double life has caused them pain in a way I don't think we can understand. Um, it must be an incredibly confusing and traumatic time for them. The other part I wanted to mention is allegedly Rex Howerman has a net worth of five to seven million dollars. However, Acer has been seen using food stamps. Now, I want to talk about some of this because I think it's important to have a look at where that context fits. Older parents tend to struggle with discipline. Older parents of this age tend to struggle with dis discipline um, and can sometimes be a bit harsh. Losing a parent at such a formative age for both Rex and Craig must have been devastating. And I don't know how Dolores coped with that. Now, it could be that she picked herself up and kept soldiering on for the boys. It could be that she became angry and distant. Who knows? There's no information about how Theodore died. Um, and without that information, we can't say whether that really informed Rex and his proclivities. Um, we also don't know what kind of person Theodore was. If Rex is right, if he's telling the truth and saying, you know, I spent a lot of time with my dad because I learned um, how to make cabinets from him at the age of 11, that's quite an intricate in-depth thing to be doing. Um, it is it's unlikely he learned the full art of cabinet making. My granddad was a master carpenter. I spent a lot of time with granddad in his work shed, well, in the garage. Um, and I had longer with him than Rex did with his dad. I'm pretty sure I couldn't make a cabinet. Um, not without YouTube University. Um, it sounds to me like Rex really idolized his dad um, and maybe put him on a pedestal, treated him like he was perfect. Um, and that may have strained his relationship with Dolores or other people in his life because they just couldn't match up. They couldn't compare to the idea of Theodore. 
Um, his brother going to jail must have been really hard. If his brother was suffering or struggling with addiction, um, that may be a genetic component in the family, uh, or it could have provided an extra layer of dysfunction in the family home, given that they all still lived there. Um, his brother being in prison, it looks like Rex kind of moved on and started the the adult phase of his life if he met Elizabeth Ryan and was able to form a relationship and get married. We don't know the details of their divorce or what led up to it. However, her receiving sole custody tells me that there was something dysfunctional in that relationship, the fact that she was able to bring them to the UK and live here for most of her adult life. Uh, I know she is back in, in America now. I don't know about any, you know, children, how many of them there are. Um, but that does say that there was a dysfunction there. And with her being a tennis player and, and ambitious, that sounds like there was a disconnect between what they expected from their marriage and what they wanted for themselves. Um, Craig moving to South Carolina, not only do we know that Rex had ties to South Carolina, he owned property with his brother, um, but also him moving away may have been a stressor with that followed by a divorce that may have been a stressor we don't know how he met Asa is the other thing is it possible that Rex was already seeking the comfort of other women um either paid for or not and Asa was in that bracket who knows it's all speculation, but I think there's something there. The fact that there is very little known about Rex between Victoria being born and his arrest makes it sound to me like he was deliberately living a quiet life. And it wouldn't surprise me if he is the Gilgo Beach killer that he started killing around 97, 98. The reason I say that is all of that stress, his brother being put in prison, his brother getting out of prison and moving away and then, you know, being married, having children, uh, getting divorced, buying, you know, setting up a business, buying a house, getting divorced, um, and then getting remarried. All of these things in quick succession are incredibly stressful things for anyone to go through, um, let alone someone who seems to be a psychopath. Um, it would be interesting to find out if that's true, um, but certainly him starting to act on his fantasies around that time 
would make sense to me based on what we know about other serial killers. Um, now, Rex is comfortable in prison. He's fitting in really well. He's a model prisoner. He is enjoying the routine. And that is normal, again, for this kind of serial killer, if indeed he is the serial killer. This is pretty standard. Um, most power control killers like to then relax. Prison is easy for them. They don't have to make any decisions. They're not put in a position of temptation. They have everything controlled. And because they don't have the same way of feeling emotions, they can kind of switch off anxiety or annoyance for the most part. BTK, Israel Keys, these type of, of power control killers all really fit in in prison. You know, the, the guilty sleep is, I don't know whether you've heard that, but the guilty sleep, when you put someone into interrogation, um, if they are innocent and more likely to be agitated and not be able to rest and everything else, you put someone guilty into an interrogation room and leave them long enough, they'll put their head on the, on the desk and have a snooze. It's relief. It's relief that it's over. Um, and we see this over and over again with this type of serial killer. Um, who knows what is going to happen at trial, what kind of deal Rex might try and uh, strike. It's either, it's going to go one way or the other. It is either going to be... Um, guarantee me the death penalty and I'll tell you everything or guarantee me you won't seek the death pe death penalty and I'll tell you everything. Um, I can't see him taking it to trial. Um, and if he does, it is purely because he wants that last moment of control. That's the timeline and my thoughts on it. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Thank you so much for being here for the whole video. I really appreciate it. And if you have enjoyed my work and my research, please hit the thumbs up so I know. Uh, share the video. That would be helpful. There are other ways to help the channel support and connect with me. And I will speak to you on the next video. Thank you.